Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Drudge has a poll, 72% approve of the speech. What did you hear last night that you haven't heard Joe Biden say 5,000 times before? Quoting his dad, check, bottom up, middle out, check. We can do anything if we just raise your taxes, check. Billionaires are bad. We're ending our dependence on fossil fuels. What did you hear last night that made you think, wow, this guy who's 113 years old really gets it. I've been waiting my whole life for this guy to be president. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, Andrew, you have to say that because you're a conservative. You and your friend Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know what? Pipe down. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, literally tore up a copy of Donald Trump's State of the Union. You were like, ooh, she's a boss. She's so fierce. Look at the way she just clapped back at Trump. But now Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, okay, okay, she is for all time, uh, you know, besmirched. The event that we call the State of the Union, which, by the way, the Constitution does not call for this, this circus. But we're all supposed to be hating Marjorie Taylor Greene today. Ah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's an embarrassment to the Republican Party. Ah, how can you be in league with her? But the very same display from the former Speaker of the House. Oh, my God, she's just, look how, how tough she is. There's nobody like Nancy Pelosi. Nobody. Wine six six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. The amazing thing is to watch the speech, which I did online this morning in its entirety. You'd have to know nothing. Seventy two percent of the people that are saying they approve of the speech would have to know nothing. When he gave out the unemployment rate, what he failed to mention was. It's the exact same unemployment rate that Donald Trump had before COVID. He's bragging on the number of jobs created. Joe, first of all, presidents don't create jobs. They don't. And throwing trillions of dollars into the economy where you have these, for example, uh, I don't know if they have them here in L.A. Maybe I should have driven through the downtown last night. I went from LAX to the rental car place, got in the rental car, came here to the hotel, uh, and uh, th- that was that. But I, I, and I can only speak for New York City. We have a COVID testing tent on every single street corner. I mean, every single one. The two things that New York City has is homeless people in every corner and a COVID tent on every corner. And migrants. But when you throw trillions of dollars at COVID and you say, look, we're creating jobs. Well, do you plan to have COVID testing tents on every street corner from now to the end of time? Those jobs have to kind of go away, don't they? But Biden left out that the reason why the economy that he inherited was in shambles, as he said, as the Democrats have said for two years, they leave out their role in it. You can't lock people, millions of people out of their jobs and their businesses and then say, okay, Now you can go back to work. Oh, look at us. We're creating jobs. One of my favorite Rodney Dangerfield jokes, and it speaks to this. 
Rodney Dangerfield used to do a joke about how Frank Sinatra saved his life one night in Las Vegas. And uh, I, I won't do the, the, the uh, imitation of his voice. He says, you know, I, I, got, I got done with my set and I, I went out into the street you know, to go get a drink or whatever it was. And a couple of guys started beating me up. And Frank came over and said, boys, boys, that's enough. You, you get the joke? The Democrats didn't create this economy. They're the ones that destroyed it in the first place with their state-level lockdowns. Remember, it was Joe Biden and others that were bashing Republican governors for not having this elongated lockdown. They turned Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott and others into enemies. So when Joe Biden stands there and says, wow, come on, man, it's not a joke. 3.4% unemployment. That's what we had under Trump. When he bragged about the lowest uh, unemployment rate for black and Hispanic working age people, we had that under Trump. That happened under Trump, and it didn't cost taxpayer dollars to do it. Presidents, the federal government can create an environment where the economy will grow, but if they predicate it on taxing and spending, that is artificial. The idea that government is going to spend taxpayer money to create jobs for the purpose of bringing down the unemployment rate. That's not how a real economy is supposed to work. And this is part of the problem with the spending. Since I'm here in California, you had a governor who famously said, they have an addiction. They have a spending addiction. And he was right, even though he turned out to be not so conservative. But he was right. If economic growth and economic health is predicated on spending, then you have to keep spending. If you have a free market economy. Oh, you guys keep saying free market again. Yes, if you're cutting taxes and rolling back regulations and the economy grows on its own, that is more sustainable than just saying we're going to take from A to give to B, take from A to give to B, take from A to give to B, because you have to take from A to give to B for all time. You might not have A hanging around. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. I don't know if you caught Mike Lee's reaction when Joe Biden said that he had cut the deficit by 1.7 trillion. You realize that the omnibus spending bill was 1.7 trillion. The the look on Mike Lee's face was like, "What are you talking about? You just literally spent that amount of money a, a few months ago." Play cut one. My administration has cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. <laughs> Under the previous administration, the American deficit went up four years in a row. Because those record deficits, no president added more to the national debt in any four years than my predecessor. Nearly 25% of the entire national debt that took over 200 years to accumulate was added by just one administration alone, the last one. They're the facts. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. How did Congress respond to that debt? They did the right thing. They lifted the debt ceiling three times without preconditions or crisis. They paid American bills to prevent an economic disaster in the country. So tonight I'm asking the Congress to follow suit. 
Let's commit here tonight to the full faith and credit of the United States of America will never, ever be questioned. He's forgetting that as vice president, the Obama administration spent more than all presidents combined. All presidents combined prior to the Obama presidency. And it was Democrats. And again, I, 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 I said this early on, if you remember. Please, President Trump, do not sign this massive COVID relief package. It doesn't even really go to COVID relief. When you're sending money to Pakistan for transgender education programs or to Egyptian universities to give Egyptian students a scholarship in an Egyptian university, you tell me what that has to do with COVID here. It doesn't. Nothing. $35 million for the Kennedy Center. Nothing to do with COVID. But the political pressure was too great. And I think we all knew the president was going to sign those packages. But that spending was goaded on by Democrats. To think this president is fiscally responsible now is totally insane. Now, you know, I am a huge fan of Senator Rick Scott. I think his 12-point plan is brilliant. That everybody, every able-bodied person in this country should be a taxpayer. If you're going to vote for the spending, you should put something in, even if it's just $100. Even if it's just 100 bucks, you should put something in. Right? You should have, when they say skin in the game, the idea that somebody's, that we talk about fair share and, and, and we, we have that clip. Come on, man. Corporations got to pay their fair share. Hey, let me ask you something. Uh, if corporations are, ex- 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 you know, exploiting tax loopholes, who would have created those tax loopholes in the first place? Oh, you mean maybe being in the Senate? Yeah, that might have had a hand in that. The idea that corporations write the tax code. Well, if they do, it's because you took the campaign money. Don't make it sound like we the people did this. You did this. This is one of the reasons why I don't refer to things as public. We're all part of the public. We're not all part of the government. We're all part of the public. We're not all part of the government. So when they say, well, it's public transportation. No, it's government transportation. It's public housing. No, it's government housing. We're not all part of the government. But the idea that people should be able to live their life in this country where they contribute nothing to what it is they demand in spending is part of the problem. Now, the idea that Social Security and Medicare might sunset doesn't mean it's going to go away it would be reauthorized every five years instead of just being part of the general spending every year. We should be talking about privatizing. making. You want to talk about democracy? How come we don't have the opportunity to choose for ourselves to privatize part of our Social Security to hedge against inflation? Right? It's like you can, you, well, you just want to expose senior citizens to the whims of the marketplace. They don't have to expose themselves to anything. I say make it voluntary. If you want to privatize a percentage of your Social Security, because you know what it is? The truth is, it's not your money anymore. See, this is, this is the thing. We, we don't tell the truth about what Social Security is. Everything that comes from the government and the media about how Social Security is structured is a lie. 
And when you've got guys like Rick Scott who say, you know what, maybe we should be voting on these things every few years instead of just saying, well, just keep just... the lockbox has been gone since 1964. The lockbox is long gone. So to say that there should be a vote in Congress to reauthorize these programs, what's the fear if they're so darn popular? Play cut two. So my many of some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it, unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. <laughs> conversion you know it means if if congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are they go away other republicans say i'm not saying it's a majority of you i don't even think it's even a significant but it's being proposed by individuals i'm not politely not naming them but it's being proposed by some of you look folks the idea is that we're not going to be we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. You realize that Barack Obama literally, under his presidency, the debt doubled. Doubled. That means under Barack Obama's presidency, we went from $10.6 trillion on inauguration day 2009 to 19.4 trillion by the time he left office i believe it was even higher than that i'm looking at a chart here from the committee on the Res committee for responsible federal budget and you've got this guy saying his predecessor trump spent more than any other president previously that's a lie we are over 30 trillion dollars in debt you, you you heard me play the clips Last week, we played Schumer and Shaheen and uh, hard-charging Vietnam veteran swam up a river with a K-bar knife in his mouth, Richard Blumenthal. They were all saying back then that $13.5 was a debt crisis. It was a crisis we were in, and we had to be responsible. Now we've more than doubled that through COVID. And Republicans are saying we need a spending. We needed a spending cap a decade ago. But Washington likes to spend money. And I give no free pass to Republicans on that. None. Why do you think I call it Romnibus? Why do you think I call these big spending Republican packages Romnibus? Mitch McConnell likes to spend Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan was supposed to be our savior. He was supposed to be the savior. The budget hawk, Paul Ryan. Nope. We are spending billions of dollars on illegal immigration right now. And you heard last night, although there'll be no border wall, we're just going to buy some more sensors and uh, train some more dogs or something. But holding hostage, holding hostage, I will stop this program. I will let any Democrat have the floor. 
what's the maximum? What's the maximum? If $13.5 trillion was a debt crisis and we're over $30 trillion now, and before you know it, we'll be at $40 trillion, the way the spending is going, where do you draw the line? When it comes to how many migrants we should take in and what our spending limit should be, I, I could probably get women to tell me how much they weigh before a Democrat would tell me where the cap is on the spending. I'm sorry that we hit this tragic number under a Democrat president, but there's got to be a spending cap. This can't go on forever. But now it's spend, spend, spend. Raise it again. Spend, spend, spend. Raise it again. Spend, spend, spend. Weintick 695, Patriot 9572874. All right, let me take the break. We've, of course, got more audio. We'll get your calls. I'm broadcasting live from Los Angeles, California. We're right there, wrong is the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.